Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for my interlude this week. My name is Pav, and I am half of the hosting team of the Staff Room Podcast. We have been very fortunate to be hosted by the On Podcast Media Network. We are connected to an amazing group of educators who have come together to form the Education Never Dies team. Our work is featured on a weekly basis, along with our episode links on the School Rubric website, and we have just started hosting a half-hour live drive radio show on Friday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice Ed Radio. Please check us out on Twitter, at Staff Podcast, for our link tree and lots more information about all of our incredible endeavors. This week, for my moment of Zen, I wanted to go back to our last day of school before spring break. It was, at this point, 12 days ago, Friday the 13th. In many ways, that day was scary. It was scary for the teachers, not knowing what the direction of schooling would be for the next three weeks, but as it turned out, it was also quite scary for the students. As the day began, with new and fresh knowledge that school would be closed for nearly a month, students were oddly quiet. They didn't enter the building with an onslaught of questions regarding what the fate of their peers would be, and their fate as well. There was no excitement for being away from school, but nor was there any stress about it either. It was a huge wave of indifference. A part of me had to remind myself that it was the middle school state of mind. These kids were likely still asleep and haven't had their minds kicked into gear yet. We started the morning by addressing what life would be like for the next few weeks. I still got nothing. A lot of, okay. I was a bit concerned about the lack of response from my class. I consoled myself by saying students haven't been exposed to the real dangers yet. They probably don't actually know what to think. So we will address things later in the day when they start to take hold and take shape. I let it go and we conducted our day as per normal. I teach math in the morning and I like to throw in a read aloud to start the day. So this is what I began with. The class seemed happy to be with that normal routine and we led that way until it was time to go for lunch. A little part of me was sad that the students didn't really need me to explain anything to them. Che sort of told me the same thing. The students didn't seem to be so concerned about this change in events. And I thought this was so strange. All of that sort of changed this afternoon, in the afternoon that day. I teach science in the afternoon. I switch hats from homeroom teacher to rotary teacher. And it was apparent that the intermediate students, a little change in atmosphere to get their wheels turning was what they might have needed. I started each class that afternoon with a question period. What do you want to know? And each time, the questions became more and more in depth. Students needed to feel safe about asking their questions. And then I finally exhaled. They are worried. They just needed the right environment to open up about their questions. I guess this was science class in this case. I'm sure the conversation would have occurred in any class they were in. We needed to start with the science of the disease. Rather than telling students there was potential to get sick, I opened with what viruses are, how COVID-19 is different and the same to any other virus they have had before. And then 
the questions started flowing. They asked about quarantines. They asked about self-isolation, incubation periods. How do vaccines work? Why is the world going crazy over something that doesn't affect people in their age group? But that's when the real questions came. They weren't really worried about themselves. They had heard on the news and perhaps in conversation that this virus likely wasn't going to kill them. It was probably only going to cause minor symptoms in their age group. This virus affected older individuals, senior citizens. Suddenly, there was a flood of questions. What do we do to keep our grandparents safe? Can they go outside? Can we go near them? Are they allowed to go get groceries? Can they walk outside with us? And then I knew. How could I forget? Why didn't I think about the most important factor for how to deal with this situation? They can't think about this on a global scale because they're unable to. They are concerned for their micro situation. Their concern lies in the community that they live in. They aren't able to conceptualize the scale of this because for them, the situation exists in their own homes with the people they live with. Immediately, I switched the conversation to the part of me that comes from and still resides in this community. My demeanor was different, my empathy grew, and my heart swelled up because I forgot that these kids are just like me and they are just like who I was when I was their age. My parents were hardly home when I was young. They worked shifts, and so sometimes my mom was at work during the day, and sometimes she was asleep during the day and working at night. My parents didn't live with us, but they lived close enough. My sorry, my grandparents didn't live with us, but they lived close enough that they were at our house before we woke up in the morning, and they were there to pick us up from school every day. We saw them every single day. They may as well have lived with us. They cooked our meals, they bathed us and combed our hair, they took us out on the subway, they had us over for sleepovers all the time. We considered them to be our second parents. And it didn't even occur to me that this community, although it has evolved, the needs haven't changed. This is still a highly working class community. Almost every student in the room had an elderly grandparent, aunt, uncle, and even great-grandparent living with them. Their concerns to me were most passionately about how to keep them safe from getting incredibly ill. I decided to share with them my story. I told them that my paternal grandmother and my maternal grandfather are still living and still very much an active part of my life as well as my kids' lives. My grandmother is 98 years old and lives with my parents in the same house I lived in before I moved out. She has an active lifestyle that includes going out socially almost every day. I reminded them that I grew up in this very same neighborhood and I still have the very same concerns about her as they do. I told them that I have started limiting my contact with her since I am often with large groups of people during the day. I told them that I have also started limiting the contact of my children with them, with her as well. I told them that when they go out 
and this time the advice did not include going out not at all so people were still able to go outside and enjoy some time in malls etc they hadn't closed yet that they should come home and immediately wash their hands with soap for the recommended 20 seconds they should also change their clothes before they make contact i told them to ensure that their grandparents are not going to get groceries or maintaining their active social lifestyles anymore i told them that i was scared too i didn't want to lose my grandmother who has lived such a full and unbelievably healthy life to be taken from us because of an illness i told them that this was unfortunately a reality this was our reality but we can be doing things to help prevent the spread i had students who wanted to hug me as they left that day i wanted to hug them back They needed someone to understand what their major concerns were. They couldn't fathom that there would be so much loss of life all over the world. Their basic needs told them that they needed to provide the knowledge and answers to their immediate households. They needed to keep their families safe. And this was something they could understand. This was something they could actively do to help. Community connections are so important. I couldn't believe that I hadn't made sense of how they were feeling. I worked so hard to keep my family life and my work life separate. It was a time like this that I needed to join those two things together and to talk to these kids, not as their superior, but as their comrade. Someone who was going through the same thing as them and experiencing the same feelings. Losing my grandmother will feel like losing one of my parents, and I'm certain that it's the same case for all my students that have grandparents living with them or caring for them. There are times that we need to come out of our teacher roles and talk to our students as our peers. During these tough times, it's okay to be vulnerable and open up with them so that they can see that it's acceptable to be scared. We can help each other with these feelings once we all know we are in a safe space. And that's my interlude for today. Thank you so much for joining me on my journey. I appreciate you all for giving us your time and listening to what we have to say. We have an episode for you to listen to immediately following this interlude. If you haven't already listened to it, Ivo Hanan from the Agents for Agency movement talks to us about his amazing initiative and some more about his upcoming webinars. Please give that us give please give that a listen. As our first full-length interview, we thought it was really great. Remember to inspire, don't require. Always be a humble servant, and education never dies. See you all soon.